0: Welcome to In Bloom Podcast, and welcome back if you're a regular listener, or welcome if you're new. My name is Abby Aslan, and I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm super excited to have you all here for this week's episode. Um, I really prioritized getting this episode very thoroughly planned and everything like that, despite the craziness that is my life right now just from, um, from the day I'm recording this. I'm taking the CPA, and gosh, is today, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday... Yeah, like five days, which is insane. I keep thinking today is Saturday, but it's not. And the fact that I take my first CPA exam in five days makes me sick to my stomach and want to throw up. But that's besides the point. Um, I really wanted to like be sure to get this episode out and like record it and everything um, just because I feel like it's almost what I needed to hear like for my own advice this week um taking my own advice type of situation and i'm sure a lot of you all can relate to it and i think it'll like really just cause a lot of you to think in a way you haven't thought before so hopefully it's inspiring and helpful for you if you're listening and um i guess we'll go ahead and get into the quote to goal and gratitude for the week before we get started with the whole meat of and potatoes of the episode (laughs) Um, so the quote this week is to work on yourself is the best thing you can do, except that you are not perfect, but you are enough and then start working on everything that destroys you, your insecurities, your ego, your dark thoughts, you will see on the end, you're going to make peace with yourself. And that's the greatest thing in the world. I really like that quote. Um, I feel like that's kind of like where I've like where it describes where I've been at. I feel like over the last, um, couple of months, at least in my self love type of journey, if you want to call it that. Um, Just because I think that accepting imperfection is the first like stepping stone and the first step to like true self-love and acceptance because I think so many of us get caught up on being perfect and we want to be the best version of ourselves but a lot of us think that the best version of ourselves means a perfect version and that's not what the best version means because we're all obviously inherently imperfect so um you know our best doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect and accepting that you're never going to reach that and that that's just like an unattainable standard is just the way something you have to realize in order to like get to a true point in your self-love journey sorry if you can hear something like really squeaky somebody has like a cart or something. I've heard it like five times today and it's really high pitched and annoying. So if you heard that, I'm really sorry, (laughs) but I don't want to stop the episode. but, um, yeah, I really just liked that quotes and, um, how it's all about just like identifying those things that break you down and tear you down and just working on, um, like fix, not fixing, but like working on those things so that, you know, you can keep them from breaking you down and really just be, um the best version of yourself but you're enough as is and my goal for this week is to just like lessen my anxiety because this test has just like I don't know I go through waves where I'm like I feel ready I've got this and then I have like the next day I'll wake up and I'll just be like completely overridden with anxiety and I'm like oh my gosh like I just don't know how I'm gonna do this like I am just stressing about so many different aspects of the exam, like the exam day itself. Like I'm just worried about something going wrong and I'm just scared and stressed. And I'm going to talk a little bit about um, kind of stress and everything in a little bit in the episode. But um, I'm d- I just really need to manage my stress over this better because it's to the point like I haven't felt this stress for something in a really long time and I forgot how it feels, and it's like really affecting like my appetite, and it's like making me just super freaked out and on edge, and the more stressed I get, the more I know that I need to do something for like myself that makes me feel better and sort of gets that stress out, like working out or something, but I get so scared to take away time from studying, Um, but I've kind of forced myself to, like last night I forced myself to, you know, like go to dinner with friends and just be with friends like one last night until for like the next six days because I knew the next six days would be like really brutal with studying so I was like I need to force myself to or I'm gonna just cause myself to burn out before my exam even gets here and um I spent some time with uh family that I haven't seen in a while on like my dad's side of the family today here in Houston so that was good um and I don't know just like forcing myself to not be so consumed by my studying I guess is my goal because I know that this is the tail end of the tail end of me studying so I know that that's kind of like the way it's gonna go and the way it's gonna be is I'm gonna be all consumed by it but at the same time like I need to mitigate my stress as much as I can because going into it stressed out just is. I feel like it's a recipe for disaster so I need my goal is just to like mitigate my stress this week somehow um find something to do every day that just like makes me calm down a little bit and my gratitude this week um I, first of all, am thankful for um, my friend Logan that, um, I don't don't know if any, I guess none of you guys (laughs) would know her, I'm like sitting here like, yeah, y'all know her, but um, one of my best friends from high school, um, she's also taking the CPA right now and she's about to be on her third exam and she's just like been such a, I don't know, such a great friend throughout this whole process of me like about to be taking my first one um because she like understands you know like how stressful it is how scary it is and um her and I sort of like study the same way so she just understands and she's like answered any questions I had or if I've just like started freaking out I'll just text and be like look I'm freaking out like I don't know how to like calm myself down and she just like has been a good help and she really has validated like a lot of my feelings and stress and that's kind of what I need because I don't know and I'm sure any of you all can relate that like if you're taking any sort of super important exam the stress of it that just comes from like needing to pass is so daunting and it's like a lot of people just think oh you know like they're just taking another test and it's like no like you don't understand like I need you to validate the fact that (laughs) this is so stressful and the consequences like suck if you don't pass like obviously like I'm fortunate that we can you know try again and everything but you don't want to have to do that so I'm really grateful for her and like for our friendship because she's just like been here for me through all of this which has been pretty tough Um, and I also just wanted to say really quickly because I know a handful of you all are um, from Louisiana or live in Louisiana um, go to school in Louisiana maybe and I know today Hurricane Ida hit and I really hope all of y'all are safe and doing okay and um, protected from the storm and everything I know how scary it is and I just hate how frequently louisiana gets hit with like category three plus hurricanes it's like so scary and um i know that when you live there and you live through it a bunch is sort of becomes less scary i guess but once you have like a few like really big scary ones i know it's like i don't know it's never the same after that so i just hope that all of y'all are doing okay and you're safe um you'll been in my thoughts and prayers but my i guess going on with the whole theme behind this episode, I just wanted to talk about um, the concept of self-trust and trusting yourself. Um, I had this epiphany a few weeks ago. I think I like saw something on Pinterest maybe and it just got me thinking about how important trust is in each and every one of our lives and how seriously we take it in our interpersonal relationships with other people and how we identify it as a non-negotiable in friendships and relationships and usually can recognize pretty quickly when trust is lacking or it needs to be worked on or we know the consequences, you know, like when we can't really trust someone. And I think trust has a domino effect in our friendships and relationships because, you know, like a good foundation of trust generally means, you know, there's just over overall better communication, more of a sense of security, sense of belonging And then on the other hand, a poor foundation of trust generally leads to just a slope of, you know, slippery downward slope of discomfort and feeling like your needs are unfulfilled, betrayal, lack of security, that kind of thing. But I was wondering, like I was sitting there and I was like, I've never stopped to think about my like intrapersonal relationship with trust and trusting myself. And I'm curious, like, have any of you ever, like, thought of the concept of your own relationship with trust, like, with trusting yourself? And that's just sort of where my epiphany came in for this episode, where I was like, you know what, this is, like, something that I really want to, like, look into and research and just, like, figure out what is it about. Um, And I think it's crazy how we place such a high priority on trust in every friendship, relationship in life except for our own relationship with ourself and I know the concept of a interpersonal relationship with trust is probably really weird to visualize and think about and you may have never even thought about it before because I never had thought about it before and like how I know you're probably like how do we even trust ourselves what does that type of interpersonal relationship look like and I guess a little background um, for me like most people I've had a handful of experience where trust has been broken and, or maybe it just didn't really have like that strong of a foundation to begin with, whether that's in relationships or friendships, um, and never makes things easy. And ultimately like just ended up wrecking those, um, friendships, relationships, whatever in my life where it was broken or like never had a basis to begin with. And then it affects all of your future friendships and relationships and until you like do the inner work to like work on those building that trust back up from someone else usually that has broken it and it truly has the power to make or break outcomes and the harsh truth is not being able to trust people in your life is a good enough reason for them to not be in your life and um, I think, you know, of course, people can change and earn your, like, people can earn their trust back, of course. In certain situations, I've had friendships where, you know, they completely fell apart and they've been, you know, remended over the years. And I think it's easy to say more often than not, it won't work out that way, um, where things are, you know, picked right back up where they left off and that kind of thing, just because it's typically hard to do so. Um, but, it's hard to progress forward or have a stable relationship or friendship with someone when you can't trust them because you end up at a point when you can't trust the person, so you automatically assume the worst because that's what your past experiences with that person have proven um, from your trust being broken. And this seriously affects the dynamic of the relationship with that person, whether it's you know you're a family member, a co-worker, a boss, a friend, significant other, and ultimately it will seriously affect your mental health and well-being too. And maybe you can see where I'm going with this, but if this is how a lack of trust or a broken trust looks and plays out in our interpersonal relationships, it's pretty spot on to how it plays out in our relationship with ourselves. And I just think we don't recognize it as easily and don't pay as much mind and enough attention to it. And I think the reason we don't recognize it as easily with ourselves is because there isn't another person on the other end of it to sort of be at fault for the lack of trust because it's just us with ourselves. And it certainly isn't very easy to recognize when we break our own trust because the betrayal happens with ourselves and not with someone else. And it's harder to recognize when we can't pinpoint the root of the problem or displace the blame somewhere, which is usually the case with ourselves. And it feels kind of backwards that trust is so prioritized in our interpersonal relationships, but at the end of the day it really boils down to and starts with us on the inside and how we trust ourselves. And most of us have probably never even thought about that or even paid any mind to that concept of trusting ourselves. And if you're like listening to me say all this and you're like, I am not following, like what do you mean trusting yourself? Like how do I have a relationship of trust with between me and me? <laughs> um, I will explain how I see it. It's much more integrated. I feel like self-trust is a lot more integrated into other parts of your life than you may think. Um, I think of it, it showing with self-awareness when it comes to your emotions and your mindset, um, Resiliency through tough times and being able to see challenges openly, recognizing when you need something, um, whether that's you know recognizing when you need help, uh, need to rest, need a challenge, et cetera, knowing your worth. Um, your confidence, your decisiveness, and unapologetically being yourself are all things that I think really embody the concept of trusting yourself. So now if you stop and think for a second, do you see all each of these things and so many more things really boil down to your relationship with trusting yourself. Um, And on the other end of that, just to try and make things even more clear, having a poor relationship um, with trust with yourself may look like Um, Turning to others before making decisions and generally just being really indecisive. Um, Letting other people's opinions determine what you do and who you are and who you be. Um, Apprehension and removing yourself when you're faced with a challenge instead of embracing it. Um, Constantly feeling like your needs aren't being met. Not really having any awareness with your mind and your emotions. Beating yourself up over mistakes and constructive criticism. Um, Letting fear of rejection or fear of judgment determine what you do in your decisions. Um, So hopefully now, after all of that explanation of like what I think trusting yourself versus not trusting, like having a good relationship with trust with yourself looks like. um, Hopefully it makes more sense, but it's important to recognize that trusting ourselves doesn't mean we will always be right in our decision making. It just means that we are at a healthy balance of being able to rely on ourselves without depending too much on others or being too independent and to rely on, on just ourselves. And it's interesting because I feel like I have a very 50-50 split with trusting myself in some areas. Um, for example, I feel like my emotional and mental awareness and like recognizing my needs, I feel like I have a lot of self-trust there and a really good... Um, relationship with trust in myself. And in other areas, such as indecisiveness, um, fear of rejection, that kind of thing, those areas kind of just take a large role in my life and reflect a much more poor relationship with trust. And obviously, no one's relationship with trusting themselves is perfect. I just think it's interesting and super eye-opening to see which parts I struggle with and which parts I'm more in tune with. And I looked at a couple of articles regarding this topic, and I wanted to share some excerpts that sort of stood out to me. Um, and I feel like they truly embody this whole concept of trusting yourself and what it looks like, as well as how our past and how psychology even plays a role in it. So I, in regard to like trusting ourselves, the articles I found um, – were really interesting and in regard to people who are self-trusting this excerpt from an article in psychology today um, online like that's the name of the website psychology today I think says because they can trust themselves to not be punitive when they make mistakes They can look openly at their experience without fear of self-punishment. If my agenda is to protect myself from external or internal recrimination, I am not going to be able to examine my experience because my primary intention is not to learn, but to protect myself. I read this and it was sort of a light bulb type of moment for the concept of self-trust when I was doing the research for this episode. Um, Because like self-trusting people aren't going to attack themselves and beat themselves up when they make mistakes so they're more likely to take risks and be open to challenges because they don't have that looming fear of you know like beating themselves up over it to come if they were to not succeed or not do well or it wasn't to go the way they planned whereas a person who doesn't trust themselves is going to be doing everything they can to protect themselves, which typically means subconsciously shying away from any challenge that has an unknown outcome or anything that involves risk so that they can do all they can to protect themselves from that self-punishment. And this is another excerpt from the same article. It's a little lengthy, but it's too good for me not to share. So it says, there are so many opportunities all around us that are missed. If we live in a consciousness of regret, we live in the past. If we are fearful of the possibility of future suffering, we are living in the future. While bouncing back and forth between the past and the future, we are missing the present. If we're not present, we can't learn and keep recycling through the same mistakes. As soon as we stop focusing on the future, we will feel anxious and vulnerable. Worry is an expression of an imagined defense to keep trouble away. When we are present, we may feel unprotected. The challenge is to cultivate a courageous heart that can tolerate increasingly longer periods of presence. By cultivating tolerance for being in the anxiety for longer periods of time, we are not enslaved by fear and self-trust automatically grows stronger. When we are in the present moment, it is the ultimate protection. The paradox is that it seems like dropping the protection that worry provides is dangerous and puts us at risk. But the vulnerability of pure presence is the ultimate sanctuary. When we are fully present, there is no fear. Often the fearful mind kicks in saying, while you are not paying attention to all those things you should be concerned about, all kinds of dangers are looming. All kinds of problems need to be solved. All kinds of people are waiting for you to take care of them. Stop indulging yourself in this childish experiment and get on with life. If people see that you are not doing what you should be doing and planning for the future, they will have no use of you. I love how worry was described in this and how they presented it as a challenge to cultivate a stronger intolerance for longer periods of presence. And I think that it was just so cool to shape the perspective that way. And it really or not cultivate, I think it said cultivate intolerance. I'm gonna say cultivate tolerance for a stronger tolerance for longer periods of presence. And I think it's so true that so many of us will use worry as a shield and protection to keep trouble away when really it's just an illusion because no amount of worrying is actually going to protect us from what we're scared of. Like me sitting here and worrying to death and like being super stressed out and feeling sick from my stress from this exam, that's not doing anything for me. That's not going to make me have control over the exam. That's not going to like make me feel any more prepared or be more prepared. And by being present and not worrying about the past or future – we are allowing ourselves to be entirely open to just trusting ourselves with just being present in the moment instead of using worry as a crutch to create an illusion of control by worrying about the future when it's actually doing nothing and contributing nothing towards our future and I think that we for whatever reason I mean psychologically stressing and worry about things that happen haven't happened yet just sort of give us some sort of emotional grip on the situation at hand which makes us feel more in control when in reality it just actually makes us even more stressed out more worried and less in control because we're so focused on the worry and emotion of what's going on that we can't even actually prepare ourselves for what we're worried for and it's sort of a distraction from like actually just being present in the moment um and then I also read a cool, it was like a very interesting, cool perspective of an article. Um, and it t- was talking about why we can't trust ourselves. So everything I just read was sort of just indicating worry, how it plays out in life, and um, what it looks like to be a self-trusting person and how to sort of do that. Like, I guess the solution um, that that article presented was building that tolerance uh, for being present Um, because when we're fully present, there isn't any fear because we're not dwelling on what happened yesterday or what we said or didn't say to somebody and we're not worrying about the future and like what's to come because we're just there in the moment and allowing ourselves to be vulnerable in that moment and just take the moment as it is is the ultimate way of, you know, removing yourself from, worry and just trusting yourself. And I think that was just like the coolest way to frame all of this. But getting into the article that talked about why we can't trust ourselves, I thought this article was like really cool. Um, it's by M- Mark Manson and it described the sort of like the unconscious act of the actor observer bias bias and the moralization gap as a reason why we don't trust ourselves um, when it opened up in the article. Because it emphasizes our subconscious selfishness and bias, which states that when a conflict is present, we overestimate our own good intentions and underestimate the intentions of others, which then creates a downward spiral where we believe others deserve more severe punishment and we deserve less severe punishment for the same thing. And the example he used was someone running a red light and how we think that person, when they run a red light, we see it happen and we're like, oh my gosh, they're so selfish and reckless. How dare they, you know, put other people in danger and put themselves in danger like that. But if we were to do it, we come up with every, you know, plausible excuse in the book for ourselves to defend our reasoning behind doing the exact same thing. And then he goes on to state that this is all unconscious and we think we are being fully reasonable and objective when doing this when in reality we're not and as victims and perpetrators in this situation we're more likely to skew facts to like fit our story and our narrative and essentially he uses to highlight the inconsistency in how we view certain conflicts due to our inherent bias and the key here is that I took away from this is being aware of the bias and subconscious selfishness. Of course it isn't omnipresent in all of the challenges we face, but if you take a step back and like remove yourself from a conflict while being aware of this bias, it makes it easier for you to trust yourself in those types of challenges and decision-making because you can identify your own bias and selfishness in a situation. So I just thought that that was like an interesting way to open up the article for why we can't trust ourselves and how our subconscious selfishness, which I know we all have, and that bias that we internally like all possess, especially in those conflict situations, keep us from being able to trust ourselves. And he also talks about um, psychology and how it says we tend to overestimate how happy good things will make us feel and how unhappy bad things will make us feel And that causes us to not even be aware of how we feel in a present moment. So once again, tying back to the other article with how important it is to be present if you're wanting to be like a self-trusting person and how that emphasized the importance of creating that higher tolerance for longer periods of presence. And ultimately, this just shows that when we don't actually know how happy or sad things truly make us because we tend to remember you know, the sad, bad things being much worse than they actually were and good things being much better than they actually were, um, which is what something he states in the article. It's kind of crazy because it shows how we can't, like it's so hard to, that's why it's so hard to trust ourselves because our judgment of how things make us feel is so distorted by our own brains and how we remember things. Um, I think of like college, for example, like I'm sure in like five years I could like totally see myself like looking back on college and just being like, man, I mean, even like right now it's like, oh my gosh, the best years ever, like the best time ever, like in remembering it for so much better than what it was. And it was really, really great. But in my head, when I'm reflecting on it and I'm not being present, I'm sitting here remembering it is so much better than it was and completely like blacking out the phases of it that were extremely difficult for me where I wanted nothing more than to not be there and I think that it's just crazy to think about like oh that's like a reason why it's so hard for us to trust ourselves because half the time we don't even have an accurate judgment of how things have made us feel in the past and how we feel about things from the past because they're distorted naturally um good just from psychology like and i think lastly and perhaps like the most interesting thing in regard to why we struggle with trusting ourselves um he described how our emotions change our perceptions way more than we realize and he states It turns out that just avoiding making important decisions while emotional isn't good enough. It turns out that emotions influence your decision-making days, weeks, or even months later, even after you've chilled out and analyzed the situation further. What's more surprising and more counterintuitive is that even relatively mild and short-lived emotions at one point in time can have long-term impacts on your decision-making down the road. He then provides an example of... A person like avoiding going out with a new group of friends and not being able to pinpoint why they didn't want to but there was this one time in the past where a friend had flaked on them and just like left them hanging and in the moment when presented with the opportunity to hang out with these new friends um you weren't that you know upset about anything that happened in the past but the person just had like filed the emotion away from when that happened in the past and then now it's coming up and affecting whether or not this person wants to hang out with a new group of friends because subconsciously you had the person had their guard up um, from the one time that like a friend had like flicked on them. And that was just kind of like the example he used. And then he went on the state. Essentially, you often use memories of the emotions you had at one point in time as a basis for decisions that you make at another point in time, possibly months or years later. The thing is you do this all the time and you do it unconsciously. Emotions that you don't even remember having three years ago could be influencing whether or not you stay in and watch TV or go out with your friends tonight, which he was referring to the example he provided there. And I just thought this was super interesting because I think most of us would ideally approach decision making with trying to balance logic and emotion and not have like one overpower the other too much, kind of like how people always say like, You know, oh, like, do you listen to your head or your heart more? Like, that kind of thing. Like, you try to have, like, an even balance between the two. But naturally, I think some of us make more of our decisions emotionally and some of us make more of our decisions more rationally. And this just emphasizes how our emotions, even the smallest and short-lived ones, from, like, the most random moments of our lives where you don't think it's, like, a defining moment of your life or you think it's, like, an insignificant moment, how those – Tiny, tiny moments can play into our decision making whether we realize it or not, which is why we probably have a hard time trusting ourselves when it comes to making decisions because we probably don't even realize when emotions from a past experience are taking power over our ability to make like a logical decision in the present moment because we may feel a little clouded in our judgment um, just because we're not aware of it. But there is something from the past that's like resurfacing because um had been filed away a long time ago and you know now you're having to deal with it when trying to make a new decision and you're wondering why, like gosh, why can't I just like trust myself and just, you know, make the decision and just go for it. And you're holding yourself back in your head, but you don't even know why. A lot of times it's because of those emotions that we've held on to from like really small moments in our life um that come to play whenever we have like a similar situation presented later on down the road. And with all of that being said, with why we can't trust ourselves and why we struggle with trusting ourselves, I think all of these points really tap into the psychology behind the struggle of trusting ourselves. And it inevitably leads to the point that we will probably never have a perfect self-trusting experience or an easy self-trusting experience or always be able to trust ourselves. And that's okay because so much of it is – happens like in our brain, like with our emotions, our subconscious, as you can tell from like everything I just explained, but we can work on our self-awareness and understand how important self-awareness is when it comes to trusting ourselves so we can mitigate the effects of those natural things that happen behind why we can't trust ourselves. And I really, I I don't know if this, I hope this episode like made sense to people. (laughs) I don't know. I like really randomly had the idea when I, like, saw something on Pinterest. I wish I could go back and find what it was. It was one of those moments where, like, I was scrolling on my feed in between doing things, and then I never, like, saved the pen. But, like, I was – once I started thinking about it as a podcast episode, I immediately had to, like, go to my notes app and, like, start typing some stuff down. Um, And then when I got into the research and stuff, I was like, this is actually so fascinating. Um, Just because it's always – like I said earlier, it's just crazy to me that trust is so – just vital and important and without it like all of our interpersonal relationships literally just crumble and it's like nobody ever talks about like your relationship with yourself when it comes to trust and how you can trust yourself and like what that even looks like like I said and it's really interesting for me to see I show that I'm a self-trusting person in you know this area of life but in this other area of life I I really just don't trust myself at all And I think that that's so fascinating. And I think of the time, um, a couple of months ago, I was going through, um, I don't remember when it was exactly, but a lot of my podcast episodes were about self-awareness and the importance of um, just being aware of your emotions and like your thoughts and everything. And I've talked about how important that is in shaping your mindset and changing your mindset, especially if you're like a naturally pessimistic person. Um, and how self-awareness can you know really get you out of that and it's interesting to see that self-awareness is like the key thing to sort of get you to get on track to trusting yourself here just because knowing when like an old emotion is like resurfacing or knowing when you know you're just having a hard time committing to making a decision and I have always been the type of person that like I don't know just ask like everybody not everybody but a lot of like the people I'm close with in my life if I'm gonna make a decision it could be something as small as a pair of shoes I'm gonna buy or it could be something as big as you know where I'm gonna be working um where I feel like I have to consult everybody but it's like why can't which it's good to do that I think but when you rely when you place like your ultimate decision in the hands of other people like that does nothing but show how little you like trust yourself and um the more you keep doing that you're just reinforcing that behavior and like reinforcing like I don't trust myself to like make decisions on my own and then you end up becoming dependent on consulting other people every time you have to make a decision and I've been like that since I feel like high like early high school and ever and now because of that it's like everything in my life it's like oh, what did I want to major in college? Let me go ask, like, my mom, my dad, my friends, like, my friends' parents, like, all these people. And I put it in their hands instead of just trusting myself and my own mind and my own, like, desires and heart. So it's just really interesting to me. It's, like, very fascinating. And I think that this is, like, a whole other level of self-awareness. And, you know, I feel like I've barely scratched the surface of it here in this episode, and it might have felt a little all over the place. And it's just because I was trying to cover all the bases of, like, what made me think of this episode, um, what it looks like when somebody's self-trusting, when they're not self-trusting, the psychology behind it, like why we don't trust ourselves, why we'll n- probably never be able to trust ourselves in certain ways, that kind of thing. But ultimately, um, I wanted to sort of emphasize how I'm going to take all this information and apply it in my life to sort of hopefully give you all a more tangible perspective to take home with you from this episode and, um, For example, um, one example of of this that I can allude to, I studied my rear end off for this first CPA exam, and I know deep down that I have put in the work necessary to pass it. And I know I am capable of passing it, and I can pass. So as tempting as it is for me to worry and worry every day and how that's my default emotion is to just stress about it, especially these last few days leading up to the exam and just make myself feel sick over the stress. I'm trying to practice trusting myself by reminding myself, okay, I have put in the work. Like, let's think about right now in the present moment. I've put in the work. I am capable of passing, and I should trust myself. And the effort and time I have put in over the feelings of worry and stress that overcome me and make me doubt myself more. And trust me, it feels a million times better to remind myself of how hard I've worked and so just take a deep breath and trust myself rather than question what I'm capable of and discount all the hard work I've been putting in by worrying about passing the exam because the more I just sit there and worry about it and worry about like what happens if you know I don't pass like what happens if you know I get like just a really hard test the more I sit there and worry about all these things my confidence in myself just keeps diminishing and My trust in myself to go into that exam room, sit there, and be confident from the moment I sit down and just trust that I have prepared myself for that moment, that trust just, I'm breaking it every single time that I sit here and worry and stress about it. And the worry and stress is normal and it's natural. And I'm not saying I can't stress about it and I shouldn't stress about it. I'm saying I need to validate the fact that the worry and stress is there. Be aware of it, address it, and then counteract it with, okay, am I worried and stressed? Yes. But let's be rational for a minute and think, should I be this worried and stressed when I've prepared myself this much? No, like I should be trusting the work that I've put in over this worry that I'm just picking up because it gives me some false sense of security and control over it. And I'm going to also try to actively practice trusting myself and just integrating self-trust in my life by being more decisive and not feeling like I need to consult everyone in my inner circle before I make a decision like I was just explaining Um, and just embracing who I am instead of like letting the parts of me that maybe don't fit in with the norm um, keep me from being my true self. And I'm going to continue practicing my mental and emotional awareness and work on creating that tolerance for being present um, because I think that that's where the problem lies for so many of us. We get so uncomfortable being present because we're so used to worrying about what tomorrow holds or we're so used to regretting something that happened yesterday or wishing we could change it but doing those things gives us a false sense of control and security and we feel like we are taking control of those moments that moment in the future that moment in the past by sitting there and dwelling on it but the true thing that's uncomfortable is just letting yourself be in the moment and the more that you can work on just being okay with being present a lot of that worry and stress like I feel like you can eliminate from your life because you're just living in that moment and you're trusting yourself in that moment and your emotions in that moment instead of being caught up on what was or what will be And I'm going to, you know, do my best to embrace challenges and trust my ability to work things out and know that it's not the end of the world if I fail, rather than shying away from things that are out of my comfort zone, out of fear of criticism or fear fear of failure. And just trust that, you know, being open to a challenge is more beneficial in the long run than shying away from anything that makes me feel a little uncomfortable just because I'm not used to it or it's not something I've experienced before and it's just so interesting how many ways um, this concept of trusting yourself is integrated in your life Um, and yeah that's kind of all I have to say with it but I just thought it would be really cool to share like how I see it playing out in my life and like how I'm gonna try to work on it myself and be aware of it and where I see it needing the most work in my life, which I will definitely say is with my ability to be present and my um just inability to make decisions (laughs) in a lot of ways. Um I really want to work on that because I think those are two things that I can like actually get better at, work on that kind of thing. And I think that there's a lot of benefit to come from it in the long run. So it's beneficial. But I know this episode was a little bit shorter, um, and I mean, really, it's not that much shorter. But I hope you all enjoyed it. And I'm actually going to be um, jetting home pretty much right after I take my exam um, for Labor Day weekend because my brother will also be going home. And I had a like flight credit to use um, because I had bought a plane ticket. I don't remember when it was. I guess it was like January of last year when I thought I was gonna fly. I think it was from Tuscaloosa to Texas on a holiday break and I ended up just driving. So I haven't been on a plane since like January, 2020 since like pre COVID. And I like used to like not be stressed about flying at all. And now I'm like kind of stressed about it for some reason. But anyway, that's besides the point, but I will be, um, leaving. I take my exam Friday and then like Saturday, I'm literally like getting on a plane and going home until like Wednesday, I think so that podcast episode I I want it to be a Q&A so I just wanted to, I guess the whole point of me saying all this was if you already have any questions whether you have like personal questions for me or um you want like advice like that type of thing I plan on next week's episode being a and a because I'm just gonna need something like very lighthearted and not lighthearted, but just something that's like a little bit easier for me to just do and that I don't have to really plan for since it'll be I'll either be recording it right before I take my exam or right after I take my exam so I want it to be something that's like a little bit easier on my mind um I don't mind if it's like deep or anything like that I'm just saying like I just don't want to have to sit down and spend like an hour and a half or two hours planning the episode like I did with this one <laughs> because I'm going to be ready for a quick break that's for sure but um yeah, my brother's also going to be going home because he had this similar situation where he had a flight credit and he was like, oh, it's a long weekend. So it'll be the first time like the four of us are at home together as a family, like for a couple days in a while. So I'm looking forward to that. But I hope you all have a wonderful week when you're listening to this. And um, I love you all so much. Thank you for listening and be sure to follow in bloom podcast on Instagram. It's just at in bloom podcast and join the in bloom podcast Facebook group on Facebook. And I will talk to you all next week.